Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The question of the morning, what is real? Whoa, huh? Starting with a deep question this morning. What is really real? At least from an NBA perspective. The Jazz beat the Thunder. I thought they looked low energy at times. They looked disconnected. To use a favorite Quinn Snyder expression, there were stretches where they, they played really well, and then there were stretches where they just turned the ball over and gave up layups and dunks and looked totally deflated. Uh, they pulled it together and won the game right at the end. So, hey, learn from your victories. That's better than learning from losses. It was a one-point win over the Thunder. And so now it's a couple days off. They'll actually get to practice, and they will play Phoenix on New Year's Eve, and then it'll be on. Then the schedule gets crazy. Back-to-back, New Year's Eve at home with Phoenix, and then down to play the Clippers on New Year's night. Seven-game Eastern road trip. I mean, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, his schedule's brutal. But they got to win. They're 2-1. and one. Now, of course, they beat Portland in the opener, and Portland, who looked terrible, is now 2-1, and one, and Portland beat the Lakers last night. And C.J. McCollum was shooting it. Damian Lillard was shooting it. But when they did big plays at the end of the game, Nurkic got him a big defensive board. He got him a big bucket. He got him a big offensive board. He got him another big bucket. He's great in the last two minutes. Kind of game where those two, McCollum and, and Lillard, could have played great last year, and then they could have lost. They needed a big guy to make some plays down the stretch, and he did. He did his stats weren't as good. I think he had double-double. But uh, he made big plays at the end, and Portland got the win and beat the Lakers. And then there was Monday Night Football. I assume you've all seen Bill Belichick throw the phone by now. And you cheered that. The Patriots have won for too long. The Bills swept them. First time the Patriots have been swept by a division opponent uh, since before Belichick got there. And the Bills are now all set up. If they beat Miami next week, they're the two-seed in the playoffs. And looking like a real threat to the Chiefs. Looking like they, they can compete. They belong. They could get the Steelers and the Chiefs on back-to-back weeks if everything broke according to seeding, if they beat Miami. So, tough run here for the Bills, but we'll see how it plays out. All right, we've got to take a break because we've got a lot coming up. Uh, we got Steve Cleveland next. Later, it's the best of the Jazz post-game show. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, the Zone. It is... Time to talk with Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Welcome back. I hope you're refreshed after your massive offseason. <laughs> yeah, it felt like we went to the postseason for quite a while. But yeah. no, I'm doing good. How are you all? We're doing well. We're doing well. Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year to you. I, I, did, I don't know if you guys gave it to me or not, but I did have a little COVID bout for about three weeks. So I can almost thought maybe I'll blame that on 1280. Get some kind of oh, you did. How, how was it? <laughs> uh, oh, terrible, man. I, you know what? Uh, I wouldn't want to go through it. Everybody has a different. It, it was just kind of crazy how it happened. My wife got it, and I, I went right down and immediately tested negative. You know, and three or four days later, I got it. But you know what? Uh, you just you get through it. But it's, I've never had anything quite light. Some people, like I said, some people it's pretty light. Some it's more difficult. Right. Obviously. Right. A lot of people are are dying from it, especially those that are elderly. And but it wasn't fun. 
it wasn't fun, and it took it took me about a month to just keep feeling normal again. So, but I feel good, and I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Well, I'm glad you're doing better. I didn't know about that, but I'm glad you're doing better yeah. now. Thank you. So we have uh, we have many things to discuss with you, and I want to get the uh, saddest and heaviest out of the way first, and then we'll get to the lighter stuff. Um, You probably know that uh, Ty Jordan, a star running back at Utah, freshman, they only had a five-game season. And we literally, I mean, he was just a name on the roster. We, You know, within Zoom year, we're not going to practice and scrimmages or anything. So game one, we see him, and he's one of four guys fighting for a job. And by game three, he's a starter. And by game five, he's a star. And I'm seeing stuff on the air, and I'm not the only one. But like, not only is he going to the NFL, he's going in two years. This bonus year of eligibility is meaningless to him. He is wildly talented. And he's making big plays on fourth and one. He's breaking 40-yard touchdowns and 80-yard touchdowns. But it's not just breakaway speed. It's just he's capturing everybody's imagination. And so even though I literally was never in a room with the guy because of the way interviews are done, uh, he just captured everybody's imagination. And we wake up to the news Saturday morning um, that he's dead of an accidental gunshot. And it happened in Texas, and there aren't a lot of details. It's a long way away from here. Uh, but you're seeing the players react, and they have been in a room with him. And they've got intense personal relationships with him. And they are clearly hurting. And I... The staff is hurting, too. You know, we, we see comments come out from Mark Harlan and Kyle Whittingham, and then if you know other people, maybe you know what other people are thinking. But they're all taking it hard, and we've seen some of them out on social media. And you know what it's like. You've been in the locker room and traveled, and you know the bonds that are formed. And so while the coaches, you know, have to go through this themselves, they also have to help the players through it. And how do you how do you possibly do that as a coach, both on the field and off? Because you're always responsible for the wins and losses, and it's insensitive to talk about who the next running back is and all that. But at some point, it's going to have to be addressed. And yet, at the same time, you're going to have to address the emotional, you know, grief these guys are feeling, and you're going to have to, you know, the mental health aspects, and some of the guys are going to be closer to them than others. Um, you know, position groups maybe interact more and all that stuff. What do you do, Steve? You know, I mean, I think first of all, you know, I think you do a, a lot. I mean, you're going to initially visit. I've had, and I've gone through in the last year, had two very my very closest friends pass away and die. Um, uh, one one to suicide and one to an accident. And uh, I, I know just from, I mean, you know, I'm in my 60s, and you know, I kind of understand life a little bit, and I have a perspective. Um, it was devastating. I mean, it just took my breath away. And you take an 18 or 19 year old young man who, as you said, has developed these bonds. Um, you know, I think initially you, you know, you're going to get that group together. I, I don't know what it's like for COVID and all that kind of thing going on. Or if you can even get everybody together. For, but I think certainly there's going to be some guys who had a closer relationship with him. And, you know, there's one thing I learned over the last several years, just being around young people and coaching uh, being a mission president with 600 kids uh, in church and dealing with a lot of young young adults, single adults. I used to always, it was very judgmental on my part, but I never really understood. It was my own ignorance about our minds and how they work and how important it is for young and old people to get counseling. And uh, I've seen it in my own family where anxiety and depression 
And uh, I am a great proponent for, of, of people getting help. And sometimes we don't want to do that. So in these extreme cases like this where you've got to go in and, and, and in those settings like that, it's going to be emotional. There's going to be some guys are going to cry and some guys aren't going to know what to do. And you kind of kind of have to process that thing. And, and really, as a coaching staff, I mean, I can't even imagine a football coaching staff, but everybody's going to have to have some responsibility. I think if I was in that situation, the first thing I would do would reach out to counselors and reach out to the, those that, are, that the university provides and, and get input. I think sometimes as coaches, we think, oh, we can deal with this. We'll chat about it, talk about it, which is absolutely appropriate. But it goes beyond that. And, and sometimes for some young men, this can be really lasting, and others can process it differently and get through it, and it doesn't impact them. But it would be really naive on anybody's part not to give every young man an opportunity individually to, to talk to a coach or to talk to a therapist or to talk to someone because these things are real. And I, I, I've seen it. It's funny. I, I, I never really understood. And so it was just my own ignorance when it came to – professional people that can help people and uh, as a coach we can help kids and let them know that we love them and that uh, we can you know we talk about the attributes of this young man and how he'll be missed and and just come together and that that's a really good thing but there will be young people on that team that need more than that and uh, and, and it would be wise on and I'm sure they were listen that's a great institution they got all sorts of support but on an individual level, there'll be young men that need help. And especially those that were really close and don't understand and be lots of questions. Uh, it's heartbreaking. But I, I can just tell you that in my experience of working with young people, I used to take those things for granted. And then I started seeing upfront and personal as I talked to young people, what they were struggling with. I realized I didn't have those tools. And so I've, you know, Justin, even in California here, I found two or three uh, therapist guys that I really trust and, and like, and I myself have just kind of, hey, tell me how this works. And so I think that'll be a big part of the healing process as well as making sure they get that kind of support. So I've decided I don't know what your future holds. I know you already went on a mission, but if you go again, I'm fine with that. But you still have to make yourself available to us once a week if you go. <laughs> 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 There's not going to be another mission, hopefully. Not. Okay, okay. <laughs> One of those, that three year that three year deal, Malbot. That's a twenty four seven. Oh my! It took me a year to recover from that. <laughs> okay, so what was worse, being a mission president or COVID? <laughs> well, the mission presidency was uh, had so many rewards. COVID. You know, you know the That's funny none. thing about COVID, and every everybody had a different experience with it, and so you don't ever judge. I can only go by mine, but I've I've seen enough people and talked to them. And some of them, it's like a cold. Some of it's like flu. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's crazy. The good news. The good news for me, I my my lungs were okay, but I had the fevers and you know all this. I, I lost fifteen pounds, so that oh, that might be a positive because <laughs> I lost my taste and smell, and you know what, I couldn't eat. And I uh, just started eating again. So i got to figure out some way to keep that 15 off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, we're glad that uh, everything's okay and you're back. And, 
and can give us your insight on basketball and obviously things that go beyond basketball because that's where we left off last summer with you talking about all the social movements that have been going on and then this thing here with this tragedy with Ty Jordan, very appropriate words on your behalf. As far as the basketball, you know, we've got NBA and college going on right now, and I wanted to talk to you specifically about BYU. As I'm watching them play, they've had some great victories uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the job Mark Pope is able to do because he's had two years now and he's bringing in overhaul in the roster both years. And we see it in the NBA to an extent. You know, how hard is it to just bring in a bunch of new guys and you can't really just roll out the balls and expect them to have immediate success? No, and it takes time. And I think the one good thing is that Mark has – He's got a system. He's got a program. There's things that he believes in offensively and defensively. And regardless of who plays, that that you know that system in. They, they've established a culture. He's been around this game a long, long time at the collegiate professional level. He's seen what works and what doesn't work. And you know the thing I think I like about Mark is that you know he'd be the first to admit that you know that, that was probably a mistake on my part. But he he has done a great job. And and, and you know credit new rules and this and that where guys can immediately get eligible. I mean, we, we dealt with a lot of transfers at both institutions where I coached. And there is, there is a process, but it certainly makes things easier when you have a, a senior like Alec Barcho who, who understands the culture and understands it and you have that kind of player-led type team, even if it's only a, a guy or two. But they, they do have a, have a really nice – I've watched a few of their games and followed them. And I, I like the makeup of this team. And, uh, and obviously it's a coaching staff that really connects with young people. And, uh, but they've had good wins. I mean, going up to USU, I mean, it, it's, everything is kind of relative. I mean, going up to Utah State and playing in front of 1,000 people is not the same thing as playing in 10 or 11,000. But Mark Pope knows that. It's just the same thing, too, at home, you know, against Boise State. They probably beat Boise State if there's 20,000 people in the arena at the Marriott Center. But it is what it is. But certainly the San Diego State win, St. John. I mean, they've had good wins. But I, I like you. I like this team. And he's got, you know, the Averett kid seems to be getting better. Barcello, Harding. I mean, the, the surprises for me are Spencer Johnson and Nell, who have contributed three-point plays and three-point shooting. I, I think Loner's got a huge ceiling. And uh, I like him coming off the bench. I, he, they were starting him early. And there's a little bit of pressure there, but you know he's a kid that can play four positions, and and once he gets confidence and starts shooting it, he's got a huge upside. And and then you got Harms and you know who can stand underneath the basket and dunk it. You know I mean he he's so big and Lee Harward, they they got a little bit of everything. So I, I look at them having a really good year, getting back to the tournament. Um, I think the league will be better. Obviously Gonzaga, I don't think it's ever been better. But, uh, yeah, I, I like this team. And I thought that maybe this weekend's game with Pepperdine might be pretty good. And I hadn't really followed Pepperdine. I know that Edwards and Ross are two really, really good players. So I thought down there it might be. But, man, they've lost to Northridge, Santa Barbara, Bakersfield. Uh, you know, I mean, it, that doesn't make sense to me. So maybe things aren't as good as Pepperdine as I thought they were. Don't lump Santa Barbara with Northridge and Bakersfield. Come on, Steve. I got feelings. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm sorry. Holy cow, man. I don't rough. know the guy. Do you know the guy? I don't know the guy coaching in Santa Barbara right now. But no, I he's don't. He's done a nice job. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a nice job. 
All right, so uh, you mentioned Gonzaga here. They're seven and zero. They've beaten four ranked teams. Mostly, they thrash these teams. Are they? Are they all? They're not quite. They're almost a unanimous number one in the poll. And obviously, there's a lot of things working against a team. If you're not in one of the big football leagues and you're trying to be an elite basketball school, it can be done. But it's an uphill battle. Are they really this good? Are they even better than they're getting credit for? Is this uh, a bizarro COVID year so we shouldn't take this too seriously? Because just on the eyeball test, they look like they're off the charts. I'll go with the eyeball test. And I've seen them play twice for, you know, maybe five, six, seven minutes, and you follow their you know their scores and stuff. So I don't know that team not really yet. I, you know, as the season goes on, I'll get to know them. But, man. It is the absolutely best team I've ever seen him coach. And there's so much depth. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the landscape of college basketball enough to know, but it, it doesn't seem that uh, there's anybody to their equal right now. And, uh, you know, when, you, when was the last time we saw Kentucky with like five, six or seven losses? And, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a change of the landscape, and Gonzaga is the king of the hill right now, man. So when I've watched them, they look—I mean, they—they they got a bunch of pros playing. They're playing together, and it's the best team I've seen. And um, I mean, anything can happen. We've watched it happen in March or whenever they're going to end up playing the NCAA tournament this year, depending on COVID. But uh, yeah, you can't—I wouldn't bet against Gonzaga. I mean, they're just, they're just so well coached and together. And here's another guy. That brings people in, you know, transfers every year, and they just kind of it's a smooth transition because they've got a great culture and they've got a system, and people just want to go there now. And he, you know, I mean, they uh, they're in a situation now that uh, if people oftentimes, oh, we, is he going to, you know, Mark will take another job? He's not going anywhere. He's got as good a job as there is in the country. Gets great players. He doesn't need to be at North Carolina or Duke or anywhere else. He, he's got his own great job right there, and uh, when he's, you know, when he decides he wants to quit, he'll quit. But oftentimes people talk about, oh, they're gonna have a hard time keeping him there. Guy that loves fishing, loves that area, and just loves winning thirty games a year. I, I, I would be shocked if he ever leaves Gonzaga. So since we lost last spoke to you, the Jazz were sold. Uh, we know Ryan Smith was interested in buying an NBA team. And somewhat of a surprise, but if you step back, you know that that's uh, been a goal of his. And he is a big-time Cougar fan, been involved down there in Provo, obviously. Do you know him at all? You know, I've, I've met him and talked to him a few times because uh, he was, uh, he was you know, he was still building and doing things. And, you know, when I was coaching there and then when Dave got going and uh, he got real involved in Dave's program towards the latter part of Dave's program. And... Uh, but he's been a great supporter of that institution. He's a basketball guy, an amazing golfer. He's really talented, um, and and so I, I think what what a, it, everything I've read and heard, and certainly the conversations I've had with him, you know, the few conversations I've had with him, really an impressive guy. And but he's competitive, you know, and, and whatever he does. And I know that there's a number of guys they hoop up every morning, and he and a lot of the. A lot of the guys down in in Utah, in Utah County play, and he, he he'll play three or four times a week himself. So he probably now he's got a really big place to play in. <laughs> but I know sometimes they're down there playing Brian Santiago, and those guys are playing at the practice facility or 
play at churches or whatever. So now he's 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 a hoop guy, man, and he's passionate about it. And uh, he didn't take very long giving Gobert a, a, a healthy contract. So uh, it'll be interesting to, and fun to watch. So they've already played a really good game and a really bad game. Uh, do you have any sense of who they really are in the long run? Because obviously there's going to be some of these games mixed into some level throughout the course of a season. Isn't that true for the league? I mean, you look at the scores in the first week, some of just horrific scores where, you know, it's going to take a while for everybody to work themselves into it. But, I, you know, I, the thing about it is this team obviously looks – they got favors, picked him up, got themselves a little bit better by getting him. But, you know, all the players are pretty much the same. And you would have that expectation. I think Conley, you know, remember last year when Conley got in, it took him a while to, you know, to kind of get, get things going. But you would think with Conley and Mitchell and Clarkson, guys that could all score it, Bogdanovich, they've already all had some bad games and they've had a good game. We'll just kind of see how things go. You know, I mean, the Jazz were so close last year. And, my goodness, if you just follow the scores of games right now, it's like anybody can beat anybody on a given night. And when you're playing in front of no fans, people are going to get beat at home. And, and I think that's what the bubble taught everybody was that this is, not, this is going to be different, man. I mean, there's no home court advantage. I mean, once you play in a gym, and a lot of the games are going to be sometimes where they play two games in the same, same city. You might play them on Tuesday, then play them again on Thursday or Friday. So there, there isn't a real advantage playing at home other than the fact that it's where you practice. Uh, but I, I really like this Jazz team. I think the predictions, I mean, they were really close. They had a chance to, to do something special last year, and it didn't happen. I think they seem committed. I, I mean, I don't think anything's really changed. I will say this as I look my perspective on this, and I look at the teams that you think can win an NBA championship, and I know that's what the goal is for the Jazz, is that – You've got to have two all stars that can score it. I mean, you got all star guys that can score the basketball from lots of different places on the floor, and obviously the depth and all the other things you got to have. But I think that that you know, last year we'll just go with what happened last year. You know, there was inconsistency with scoring. Guys that just kind of go away and then they come back, and 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 obviously Mitchell is 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 the all star and Gobert's the all star, but. He's going to be a guy that scores 15 or 16 points a game because he's around the basket. and He certainly protects the rim, and he can rebound it. He, you know, he's a special player. But if, if the Jazz don't get to where they want to go, I think at, at some point in time you, you take a combination of Bogdanovich and Connolly and, you know, who are all really good players in their own rights, and, and Clarkson, who I love off the bench. But it, it, and you still ask the question if, if – Things don't go like they hope it will go a month from now. You you wonder if maybe that one piece is missing still. So we know you know Paul George, and you know him from Fresno State. You know him for a long time. You know him really well. Do you know him well enough to say, "Hey, Paul, what's it like to be down by fifty at halftime?" Or is that something you have to let go? Oh, man. You know the funny thing about Paul is that I will I'll text him and have a little conversation, and then the next week or, or a month later, you know, I'm not in contact. No, you know, he's changed his phone again. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that he's got a new phone right now. Uh, you know what? How, that that's ridiculous. That that with the entire team. I mean, it's just it's kind of like we're just going to give up. 
you know, and I realize Kawhi didn't play and guys get down and people are capable of doing that, but you got to have fight in here every night. You can't, you can't establish habits like that. I was really disappointed in that. And they had had a really, you know, I, 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 you know, know, I'm a a bit of a Laker fan as well as a Clipper fan because of Paul, but, uh, you know, I mean, the Lakers got their rings and they got all that or whatever they did there that night. They seem to be a little bit off, but I, I thought the Clippers came out. I thought Paul came out. You know, I mean, at thirty, everybody seemed pretty focused. And then, you know, they got to win without Kawhi. I mean, I mean, last year didn't Kawhi manage about eight or ten games where he didn't play? And uh, they're going to miss Harrell. Uh, I was, I was kind of pleased as a Laker guy to see them pick him up. I'm telling you that the Clippers are going to miss him because he just had so much energy. But yeah, that's. That's really disappointing to watch the kind of money they're being paid and the kind of exposure they have to just kind of basically quit. Well, Steve, we'll leave it there. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Glad you bounced back from uh, COVID, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again in 2021. All right, guys. Happy New Year. There's Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joined us in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. I thought we'd replay it for you, the early risers. When we come back, the best of the jazz post-game show. Stay with us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the best of the postgame show as the Jazz win in Oklahoma City. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz pull it out last night in Oklahoma City with a win over the Thunder, 110-109. to Donovan Mitchell hits a running right-hander uh, over, well, like beat Lou Dort to get the shot and uh, to put the Jazz up by one. And that would be the game-winning shot as the Thunder had seven seconds to uh, to get one off on the other end, but uh, Rudy Gobert with a fantastic defensive effort holding on. The Jazz moved to uh, two and one uh, on this young season. They had three players with 20 points more, led by Boyan Bogdanovich with 23 points. Donovan Mitchell had 20. Mike Conley with 20 points and was actually one assist shy of his first career triple-double. He had 20 points, 10 boards, and nine assists. Let's get you some sound from the post game. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started. First question from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, there was a lot of trouble in the game between getting off to a slow defensive start and then kind of the turnovers in the third quarter. But it seemed like you guys really just kind of found ways to make the right plays at the end. What was what was kind of your assessment in getting the game ultimately turned around? Yeah, I mean, we didn't there, – there were stretches we just didn't play well, you know, and you named a few things and uh, they made some they made some shots early, which I thought uh, was a little bit deflating for us, but they, those shots were, were too open. Um, and I thought we just got better, you know, as, as the game went on. We had – different guys carry us during stretches um 
Donovan at the end, um, Mike, Boyan, JC, all those guys had good minutes for us offensively. And I, I thought on the defensive end, um, we tightened it up, you know, down the stretch. And uh, that was, you know, you have to get stops to win. Um, and they, they played hard. And, uh, you know, we, we, I don't feel like we played our best, but that's, that's the, you know, that's the challenge to, to figure out how to win when you're, you know, you don't have your best game. So we hopefully can take this and, and build on it and keep getting better. Uh, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach, you had a, a lot of heroes at different times in this game, whether it was Bogey, Rudy, but I want to talk about Mike Conley. You know, one assist shy from a triple-double tonight. Just what he brought tonight, his hustle, what he gave you guys. Well, you know, he, he made plays and, and he made great decisions. He got in the paint, you know, he found, um, he found Rudy and Fave rolling. He was able to finish in there. Um, just did a lot of things real well. And, uh, you know, his poise on the offensive end, I thought really helped us. And as you said, you know, getting after, there was a few rebounds that were 50, 50 balls. And, you know, those were big buckets or, or big rebounds that we, we came up with because, you know, they can score on the other end and, it's um, we can score on the other end, I should say, and they get a putback. So, uh, Mike had a gritty performance. I think is the best way to describe it. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, obviously, Rudy's defense is critical to everything that you guys do. But how important was it, and what did you see out of him in those final moments of that fourth quarter? Well, he made some big plays. You know, we were needing to switch uh, on that pick and roll not not too soon, um, but their bigs are popping and trying to get back to those shooters. And that means Rudy's got to guard, you know, Alexander and Hill and those guys in the paint. Um, you know, and they made a couple tough shots, but I think, you know, over time, the, the, it's tough to finish over Rudy. So I, I think we were communicating better and that put him in those situations and, you know, he was effective. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Quinn, Lou Dort was really good on Donovan uh, through the first three and a half quarters, but Donovan had your last 12 points. What did, what did you see from him? What changed? Well, I think, first of all, you know, Lou Dort is just he's, – he's one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. And you saw that, you know, last year, I think, in the playoffs. Um, it was – you know, he was featured in, in a sense in, in, in his assignments. And anytime somebody's that physical – um, that quick and that determined, uh, you know, it's going to be hard. And I, I thought Donovan you know, did a better job of kind of trying to set up and get help and, and using screens and pick and roll and just kind of take what they give you, you know. And he, he started taking his pull up um, from three. And I think that allowed him then also to get to the rim. Uh, and as you said, you know, that's the idea, to, you know, to get better as the game goes on. And, you know, he came up big at the end. All right, one last question. Jenny Carlson, the Oklahoman. Hey, Quinn, this is obviously a remade Thunder roster, a new coaching staff largely as well. Um, what did you see tonight out of the Thunder that looked familiar to teams of the past and what seemed different about this group? Well, I think they've always, you know, had really good, you know, perimeter defenders. You know, they, they, they've had guys that can stay in front and guard the ball. Um, you know, with with Al and Mike Muscala, you know, that's been a different look um, with the spacing five. Um, but, you know, their ability to, you know, to, to go off the dribble, um, they've always, you know, been hard-nosed defensively. Um, those are, you know, the things that, 
that, you, that are either consistent or, you know, or maybe a little different than we've seen. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team comes away with win 110-109 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's now hear from some of the players. Uh, let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. First question will be from David James, KUTV. Rudy, do you take it pretty personally when they keep coming to the paint and going at you with a game on the line? I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a great strategy, but, you know, we got to, you know, we got to play defense how we we want to play it and uh, we want them to to attack me you know that's that's the whole game plan and uh, you know it's on me to uh, try to make sure they don't score easily under the basket all right Kristen Kenny Jazz TV Rudy, um, we're seeing more of, and in tonight in particular, you and Mike in the pick and roll. Uh, what's that chemistry like, and how is how do you see that coming together so far this season? I think it's been uh, it's been fun. You know, I feel like we we're finding our chemistry. Uh, whether it's me and Mike, me and Donovan, me and Boyan, you know, we really uh, you know starting to to get the good habits, and uh, even if we. You know, we still don't get connected like we like we want to, to the level to the level that we want to get to. Uh, I feel like you know we're getting better every game, so it's uh, you know we're gonna keep working at it, and uh, and uh, hopefully in a, in a few games we'll be uh, even better. Tony Jones, the Athletic. Rudy, what have you done in the past to um, to to be better at or to be more proficient on switches onto guards? Um, it seemed like they try to force you on SGA and G Hill a lot today and uh, obviously down the stretch uh, you got that stop on SGA you know what, what have you been your thoughts just through your career uh, on switching and, and how have you gotten better I think I've got better every year uh, especially guarding guarding shooting bigs you know being able to close out and, and recover it was something that four years ago was you know taking me a little bit out of my comfort zone um I mean, there's a narrative that I can't get on the perimeter, but the numbers, you know, prove every year that it's not true. So, you know, just going to keep doing what we do. And, uh, you know, whenever we get a, uh, me switched on the guard, we we feel like we, we did a good job defensively. Uh, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, was there any significance for you tonight in, in finally getting to – play in Oklahoma City after what happened back on, on March 11th. Does this, does coming back and, you know, getting the tip going and then, you know, finishing up by winning the game give you any sort of closure or, or were you already kind of... Did you... Eric, did I you don't think... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I hit the I hit the mute button too early. Or, or were you already kind of long over it at this point? Regarding the basketball game, you know, it's just basketball. So... I was just trying to be focused on getting, you know, getting a win. Uh, the one thing that was, of course, a little, a little different was being back at the same hotel. And uh, obviously, you have all the all the the memories coming back. So it's uh, a little bit of a weird atmosphere, but uh, you know, I'm happy that we're able to come back and and get a win. All right, we have one last question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Rudy, tonight you goes you guys would go on these runs, have these hot stretches, but then turnovers. Uh, we saw that last game too. How do you iron that out? We just gotta be better and smarter. You know, I, I feel like we 
every time we execute and we get a you know we get a good defensive possession, uh, we get a good shot, or we we attack the basket and, and move the ball, we something good happens. And down the stretch, I think we had a few good possessions offensively, but uh, we had a few bad ones, and we need to you know watch film, do whatever we got to do to to clean that up and uh, and uh, be a little more efficient on that end. But I'm. Um, I'm happy the way we play defensively, and uh, tonight I believe that our defense won us the game down the stretch. There you go, Rudy Gobert, who was great last night, not only on that last possession, he was really good all game long. 12 points, 6 of 8 shooting, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 block shots. As uh, Really, Oklahoma City tried to stay away from Rudy most of the night uh, up until that last possession, but uh, he was uh, very, very good. Let's move on and now hear from Mike Conley. Uh, first question we'll have from David James, KUTV. Mike, the turnovers seem to come and go, and when you weren't turning the ball over, things are going pretty well. And when you did, they seem to get away from you. What what triggered that, and then what fixed it? Well, I think, um, you know, there was a couple of times where our spacing kind of broke down, uh, leading to, you know, two guys being in the same spot or um, somebody not being where they're supposed to be, and we were just, you know, careless with the ball in those times. And, um, when we do got the, you know, the guys in right spots and running correctly and lanes filled, uh, we really can move the ball. We really can attack the, the 45 and get to the rim and, and make plays for each other. And that's, that's, that's our basketball, and that's what we want to try to get to. Um, but we just got to be more consistent on, you know, the mental side of the turnovers and not trying to let that uh, affect us in the way it has been. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. What's that, Mike? Is it is it just early season jitters? I mean, you guys played so well offensively in the first regular season game and then preseason as well. And then, you know, obviously these last couple of games, maybe a higher level of defensive pressure. I mean, kind of what is it that's making it harder than maybe you thought it would be? Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a combination of things. I think we're playing hard. I think we're trying to do the right things. We're trying to run, but we just got to do it more consistent. Um, we're getting shots that we want offensively. I know a lot of guys probably feel that they – um, have missed some, missed some that they should have been making, and uh, and I know you know for myself and the rest of the team we we're getting the looks we want, and uh, and defensively we'll we'll continue to put stop after stop together as as the game goes on as the season goes on, just because of the way uh, we're building we're you know our mindset defensively, but offensively we've got to keep on you know chipping away at it, and you know like tonight Bogey didn't have a good first half, the second half he really turned it up and, and Donovan the same way. So, I mean, we just got to continue to get, get those guys in a rhythm. And uh, I think, you know, everything has started to click a little bit better. Tristan Kenny, Jazz TV. Mike, you, Rudy, and the pick and roll is uh, really coming together. We saw that tonight. Is that where you want it to be at this season? Uh, well, yeah, I think to start this year off, I think we've done very, you know, uh, a lot of work. Uh, in, the, in the preseason and practicing just, you know, with me and him, uh, with the coach, uh, trying to figure out uh, where he wants the ball, when to pass it to him, when not to, uh, in different situations. And uh, it's starting to come together. I think it, it really, you know, it's clicking a little bit there in the bubble. And, um, and now having some more time under our belt, I think it's just going to continue to get better. Okay, we have time for one more. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. 
similarly, Mike, uh, you had said that last season it was a little bit of a learning experience, kind of a learning curve, getting used to where you were supposed to be on defense and getting used to having Rudy back there and that um, being him being able to switch out onto the guards. How important and how much confidence do you have now after being with him for you know a year that he's going to be able to handle those situations? Man, I have uh, you know complete trust in, in, in Rudy and everybody on the team. I mean, um, a lot of the defensive concepts were a little bit different for me coming into here. You know, playing 13 years in a separate system um, is hard to break out of. But you know, just being able to have those guys in my ear continually, you know, helping me and, and helping me understand it. You know, every day, every every game, I have a, a mistake there. They're keeping me accountable, and 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 I'm watching the film on it and learning the next day. So I feel really good about it. I feel like I know where to be. I know, you know, I can call the play out for them. I can kind of put them in spots now, and um, it's starting to click a little bit there on the defensive end. That was Mike Conley at 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists, just one assist shy uh, of a triple-double for Conley. Let's now let you hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. All right, we'll get started. First question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Boyan, you got off to another kind of rough shooting start. It seemed like maybe you were kind of favoring your wrist for a little while in the first half, and then you really kind of caught fire in the third quarter. Uh, Just wondering how you're feeling physically and also uh, what – what changed for you after halftime? I mean, I, I feel pretty well physically, but uh, I miss playing. I mean, I didn't play for, for seven, eight months. I didn't touch the basketball. I couldn't play the, the pickup games and whatever the other guys are doing. So I, I got to get back to, to that feeling to, to, to make a rare decision. I'm, I'm playing in a crowd. I'm taking the shots that... They're not mine shot, so I gotta stay, gotta stay confident and and, and maybe play more of each of, of other players. All right, David James, KUTV. Did you hurt your wrist during the game? What happened there, and uh, how did it feel as you played through it? I actually felt pretty well in the, in the first play of third quarter. Someone hit me pretty hard in my wrist, and then. Then I, I started play started play brother, so maybe I needed that that hit to change to change something. So my wrist adjust after that after that hit pretty well. So like I said, I gotta gotta take take better shot, better decisions, and and, and I miss that 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 feeling still. All right, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Boyan, you said that you're taking shots that aren't really the ones that you want to be taking. What's the difference between what you are taking and what you want? I mean, I got to get in a, in a game with some easy, easy stuff. Today, again, I've been in a game with a, with a couple layups and a couple, couple mid-range shots that they are not my, my shots. I mean, and then after that, I hit the, the, the first three, then I start to feel a little bit better, hard, and then I can... I can do whatever whatever I want, but uh, from the beginning of the game, I gotta I gotta be a little bit smarter right now because I'm not playing like I'm supposed to play. That's Boyan Bogdanovich, 23 points, really got it going in the second half. Uh, 8 of 17 shooting, 5 of 9 uh, from 3, and uh, really had a nice ball game. Good bounce back uh, from his performance uh, against Minnesota. And like I said, it didn't look terrific there in the first half, but uh, had a really, really nice second half. All right, let's now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. First up, Tony Jones, The Athletic. 
when what what are the counters for you when somebody like Lou Dort is 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 uh, guarding you and being physical with you and is you know just as athletic as he is to be able to move his feet and stay in front uh, when you try to go off the dribble? What are some of the counters to that? I think I think a lot of it. You know, first off, gotta give the gotta give him credit, man. Like he's a hell of a defender. You know, he's worked on his and then he's worked on his three point shot, but you know that's that's what it is. I give him his credit, but you know the biggest thing I feel like you know he's he's I like to use my physicality and so does he you know it kind of feeds into the defender if you're not getting those foul calls so biggest thing is just one stay in the course you know throughout the entire game there's certain shots that I missed that I feel like I could make you know and you know I think that's just staying the course and staying with it but being able I think you saw um, the back cut I had late in the game like it took me four quarters to realize that that's another way to kind of counter that aggression as opposed to running into a brick wall every single time um, and then on top of that just trusting my teammates you know there are times where I don't even need to be on the ball you know me being in the corner keeps the defense looking one way you know you got Mike feeding the big feeding Rudy feeding Fave you know you got Boyan running stuff outside of just for myself I think it's a big big thing that I've, I've been doing and you know this the shots are going to fall eventually you know I'm not really too you know worried about it you know he, he played a great game on me personally defensively uh, but you know at the end of the day he's got to find ways to continue to push through because you know at the end, like I said at the end of the game the ball's going to be my hand and you know if I stay upset or stay you know, whatever, you know, that shot doesn't fall. All right, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Don, um, last couple games, seen a little bit of, uh, you know, offensive struggles there as a team, which just with the turnovers and whatnot. Why is that happening and how do you iron those things out? Well, it's just, you know, both teams, you know, with Minnesota and, um, and OKC, just been aggressive against us. So I think just being able to, to push through and, and push through the aggressiveness, the, the mental, the mental part of our game, because like you saw in Portland, when we're clicking mentally, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's night and day. Like you look at how, how flawless our execution was. There are times when, you know, that pressure takes us out of what we want to do. Um, and then you can't get to certain shots for Mike or JC, Joe. Um, and then when shots don't fall, we got to play uh, – uh, continue to play defense and you know at the end of the day it's, it's game three you know I, I think you know I don't think we're we're you know overreacting but there are things that we see we need to improve on you know if this was Jan if this was February March you know I think and this is a continuous thing I think we would uh, you know it'd be time to, to panic but we're not pushing the panic button you know staying the course pushing through and you know we saw what we could be you know what we can be I should say and what we will be when we continue to just push through and you know these both teams Minnesota and OKC came out with great energy and uh, we just got to be able to match it and, and find ways to push you games aren't going to be easy we're not going to win every game by 40 but these are games that we have to win and we came out and did that and you know the ball the ball's going to go in the end of the day it's just the effort on defense and continue to be active Sarah Todd Deseret News Hey John we just talked to Boyan and he had said that he's still kind of working through getting used to being back on the court after being gone for so long and that maybe he's forcing some things and taking shots he wouldn't normally take what can you guys do as teammates to kind of help him along with that um, I think you know the biggest thing is I tell Boyan to shoot every time he touches it <laughs> um, just because we have that's the faith we have as a team in him um, and like you said he's been out for for an extended period of time, you know, shortened preseason. 
shortened training camp. You know, I think there's a lot for us to kind of, you know, figure out. A lot of us really haven't played, you know, throughout. We kind of took that time off from playing because it was such a quick turnaround. And that's not to make an excuse, don't get me wrong at all. But I think just like you said, finding the rhythm. You know, we found things that we were successful at in the bubble. And then when you add, you know, Boyan back, you know, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer, you know, you got to be able to understand that the same looks may not be there. And that's not a bad thing, just being able to find everybody and get in the rhythm. And, you know, Portland was a great barometer of what that looks like when things are clicking. And now we just got to continue to do it with, through aggressiveness. And we've seen this before. We, we've done this before. And at the end of the day, this is game three, um, like I said. So we'll, we'll continue to find ways. It's been two. You know, you look at the two games, we were right there. We, we lose to Minnesota by two. Um, we get a five-second call on a potential game-winning shot. And then on, on this one. So, you know, there are things that we're, we're doing. Even though we're not hitting shots, we're playing defense. We're communicating. And, you know, we're, we're pushing through our mistakes. And I think that's what good teams do, you know, because it's not going to be perfect, especially early. Um, and I think with Boyan, just continue to take those shots, man. And we all have faith in, in his abilities. And we know that he works hard. He's been working hard to get back. And, you know, we're not too worried. And he'll, he'll be good. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Donovan, obviously the last time you guys were in Oklahoma City, it was a momentous night for you individually, you know, the team, the league, uh, you know, all of the sports world pretty much. What was it like being back? Kind of what were the emotions going through it? And, and uh, yeah, what does it mean to, to emerge victorious from it? Um, weird, I guess. Um, I don't think, you know, we kind of, I don't think we harped on it. You know, it's kind of just like a, a moment where you're like, Oh, like we're back, same hotel. I had the same room, um, believe it or not, which is which is ironic. But I think um, just with the, with the no fans and with everything, like it's 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 a moment you have, a moment in time, and then you, you realize that it's it's kind of crazy. And I said this before, I think to you, Eric, like it's the same year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's still the same year from all that. And, you know, it's been, it feels like it was forever ago, but, you know, I don't think we, we really thought about it too much. We had a moment when we got here, it was like, all right, we're back and, you know, and, you know, we're still kind of going through things and we've seen a lot happen in this, in this whole time as a league, as a country, as a, as a world. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we came out victorious and ready to go home. There is Donovan Mitchell, 20 points last night, 8 of 23 shooting, 10, 2 of 10 from 3, but uh, biggest play of the game, hitting what turned out to be the game-winning shot as the Jazz beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, 110-109. Uh, coming up next, DJ and PK will continue to break this one down. Uh, up next with the Utah Jazz, they'll take on the Phoenix Suns New Year's Eve on Thursday night uh, here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? Stay with us.